Welcome back to the Foul Balls podcast for Monday, November 26th. 2018. I did not have any podcasts last week. I had just a bunch of family stuff going on due to the holiday with uh, Thanksgiving. I had uh, two Thanksgiving dinners, actually, because I had one with just, I had uh, parents and my two brothers and my sister with them on Thursday, and then it was extended family on Friday. So it was the grandparents, aunt and uncle, cousins, like that whole deal. Uh, So overall, was pretty busy for the week and just with other stuff like writing articles and stuff I do for DraftKings and whatnot. I just didn't really have time to record the podcast, but back to the normal schedule this week. Uh, Thanksgiving was pretty good for me. Hope it was for you guys also. Uh, One thing that was super annoying, just to tell a quick story before I start talking about the basketball games, is uh, my grandma is old, which that generally happens. There aren't too many young grandparents, but now getting to the age, we're just like exceptionally old and very annoying. So I had during uh, Thanksgiving, she was berating me because my hair is a different color now than when I was younger. So like a lot of kids, I had blonde hair when I was like four or five years old and then I got older and it got darker and now I have like brown hair. And for whatever reason, my grandma decided that that was like suspicious. By the way, same thing with my brothers and my sister, who's only in high school, but starting to get darker color hair. Same thing with them. But for some reason, my grandma was really fixated on my hair color. So the entire night she's coming up to me and she's asking me like, how come my hair isn't blonde anymore? How come it used to be blonde now? How come it's darker? And I started to realize as the night went on, the reason she was doing that was because she thinks I've been dyeing my hair. So she was coming up to me and saying, hey, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to change your hair color. It's okay to just be comfortable with who you are. And what happened here is I think she just thinks I have gray hair or something now or wanted to change my hair color and it bothers her for some reason. But listen, here's here's what I guess the moral of the story is because that didn't really have a whole, uh, there wasn't really like an arc to that story. It didn't have a point. But old people just get batshit crazy and I don't want to become that crazy person, but it kind of just seems inevitable. For whatever reason, I think we get to a certain point where we just reach like 85 years old or higher or something and just we're all going to become batshit crazy. So as we look at our grandparents and say, oh, look, here's this crazy old person. That's going to be us one day also and uh, just seems a little unavoidable. I don't think there's a way to not get old or to not become a crazy person once you hit a certain age. Now for the basketball games tomorrow, we have a ton of injuries. We have uh, Chris Paul is questionable. We have Anthony Davis questionable again. We have DeMontis Sabonis, Donovan Mitchell, Victor Oladipo. There's a ton of guys on the injury report. So it looks like we're going to have a pretty good amount of value for tomorrow. There's a couple of guys that I'm going to say are uh, pretty good value plays that get through the game. However, a lot of these guys that are kind of just like fringy value plays that are available to us now, I think there's a pretty good chance that by the time tomorrow night rolls around, we're just not going to need to roster these guys because there's going to be just like real slam dunk types of value plays. So that's just something to keep in mind for tomorrow. Uh, First game we have on the slate is the Minnesota Timberwolves at the Cleveland Cavaliers. From the Minnesota side of the game, Carl Anthony Towns coming off. I think his biggest game of the year, yeah, 74 fantasy points. That was his highest output of the year. 35 points, 22 rebounds, 6 assists. He's at 10,000, so the price has gone up a little bit. Still more than affordable enough for me. I I like Carl Anthony Towns again at 10,000. He's somebody who I've liked a whole lot since the Jimmy Butler trade went down and haven't really changed my tune. So that's still somebody who's been a core play for me on most slates. 
Uh, another guy who I think is worth rostering is Andrew Wiggins at 5,800. He was awful last game, uh, made zero of his 12 field goal attempts, scored zero points, and as we know with with uh, Andrew Wiggins' box scores, if he's not scoring points, he's not doing anything else because he doesn't get steals, he doesn't get blocks, doesn't get assists, doesn't get rebounds, but he's a pretty good scorer for the most part. We've seen the usage up since the Jimmy Butler trade. Uh, overall, the usage rating, uh, let's see, right around 25% since the Butler trade went down. So we, we do see a, a pretty decent bump for him in terms of shots put up without Butler there. The year before Butler came to the Timberwolves, uh, 27.3% usage rating for Wiggins. Prices come down to 5,800. I think that he's worth looking at in GPPs. Uh, not really a whole lot of value overall from the Minnesota side of the game. I think Wiggins is okay in the mid-tier, and then Towns a good guy to pay up for. From the Cavs side of the game, uh, we have Seti Osman, who is at 5,000. A little bit too erratic in cash games at this point, but for GPPs, the Cavs have shown a willingness to play him a ton of minutes recently. He got in some early foul trouble last game against the Rockets and only ended up playing 23 minutes, but the two games before that, 42 and 41 minutes, scored over 30 fantasy points in each of them. So 5,000, I think there's upside for Osman. Uh, the other guys that I think make sense for GPPs, although these are the guys that I think could just fall out of the player pool if we have better value become available, is we have Rocket Rod Hood at 4,200. If you look at Rodney Hood, uh, always somebody who we've seen as a boom-bust play, uh, gets injured a decent amount during games. He's kind of like the guard but low-end version of Anthony Davis, where I think we had like a year ago or two years ago, it was like 13 games that Rodney Hood left uh, before the end of the game. So for that reason, he's almost never a cash game play for me. But for GPP, I think he makes sense. Uh, We've seen him score as many as 34 fantasy points over the last week, and also his minutes played uh, 39 and 34 in two of the last three games. Uh, We've seen the Cavs go back to Larry Nance coming off the bench with Osmond starting at power forward, which basically means that there's a lot of small ball lineups for the Cleveland Cavaliers, which means that guys like Osmond and Rodney Hood, they just play more minutes because there's more wings playing and less bigs. So the other guy that also makes sense here is David Nwaba as a deep GPP play at 3700 uh, He played 39 minutes last game, also at a fairly cheap price. Nwaba doesn't do a whole ton when he's out on the floor, but still, if somebody's 3700 and is going to be playing up to upwards of 40 minutes, it's kind of hard to ignore them. Uh, still with Nwaba, I don't totally buy into him playing that many minutes consistently, but just the chance that it's there, I think he's worth looking at in a GPP. Uh, next game is the Houston Rockets, the Washington Wizards. Chris Paul rested last game, and now he's on the injury report with a leg injury. So that leads me to believe that there is at least a decent chance that he sits out this game. If he isn't going to play, then Eric Gordon at 4,800, easy value play, huge bump in role for him, huge bump in usage without Chris Paul. He's going to end up starting. He would end up playing a, a pretty big role in the Houston offense. We saw that last game. Ended up playing 39 minutes, scored 38.5 fantasy points. Uh, another big bump would also go to James Harden. 11,400, but still he becomes a priority guy to pay up for if Chris Paul's out of the lineup. James Harden without Chris Paul on the floor this year, usage rating of about 39%, and then scores right around 60 fantasy points per game uh, in terms of we take his per-minute production and just take it out to 
the regular like 36 to 38 minutes that we would expect him to play. So James Harden, I think, would become a really good guy to pay up for if Chris Paul doesn't play. If Chris Paul does play, I think this is a, a rocket team that we can mostly just avoid from Monday slate. From the Wizards side of the game, uh, John Wall at 9,000. There's actually a, a pretty decent boost that goes to him if Chris Paul can't play, just because that means that instead of being defended by Chris Paul, John Wall is then going to be defended by James Harden. So we saw this happen on uh, was it Saturday night's games where Chris Paul gets ruled out, James Harden now has to cover Colin Sexton. Sexton has a big game, and we look at some of the DVP and the ease ranking numbers on Basketball Monster. And the Rockets have been pretty good defending point guards this year, but that's because Chris Paul is one of the best defensive point guards in the league. If James Harden is then starting at point guard with Chris Paul out, we kind of have to throw some of those numbers out, and it becomes a really favorable matchup for John Wall. Uh, If John Wall is not going to be guarded by Harden, so meaning if Chris Paul plays, then not really a whole lot of interest in him for me. Uh, I think that Otto Porter 5,700 makes sense for a GPP. Uh, If Dwight Howard's out. He's questionable with the glute injury again. I think we could even think about Otto Porter in a cash game because we look at the last three games for Porter, uh, 39, 34, and 49 fantasy points, all really big outings. And one of the big reasons for that is just that the minutes have not been there for Otto Porter for a lot of the year. However, in recent games without uh, Dwight Howard there, they've played more small ball lineups, which just means that they have to have Otto Porter out on the court. He's playing close to 40 minutes. He's playing well again. We've seen him play it close to an all-star level in the past. So I, I think that he should likely be back to that level. Uh, cash and GPP if Dwight Howard's out. Just GPP for Otto Porter if Dwight is in, just because I'm a little less certain of the of the minutes for him if Dwight plays. Um, next game is the Milwaukee Bucks, the Charlotte Hornets. Nobody that I really like from the Milwaukee side of the game. I just think we're going to have better spots for value on the slate. And then we also have... Giannis all the way up to 11600 uh, I'd rather pay up for Towns at the $1,600 discount. I'd rather pay up for Harden if Chris Paul's out. So I don't really think any of the Bucks guys are going to become priority plays for me. From the Hornets side of the game, this is the second part of a back-to-back. They had a pretty bad loss on Sunday in Atlanta against the Hawks. Uh, one guy that does stand out to me from the Hornets side of the game is Jeremy Lamb. He is at 5,900, and his minutes have been higher recently than they were what they were at the beginning of the year. For a lot of the beginning of the season, we saw him playing like 23 to 26 minutes per game. Recent games, we've seen him 28 to kind of 35 minutes, as high as 40 minutes in one game, although that was an overtime game. And the production's been way higher for Jeremy Lamb. 32-plus uh, DK points in three of his last six games has gone as high as 40. The only game that he was... Under 32 was a 25-point game against the Celtics, who are the number one uh, defensive team by efficiency in the league, so there's no shame in that. I really like Jeremy Lamb right now. Uh, Batum, I think, is okay also at 4,900. He's somebody who ended up rostering a decent amount. I know somebody asked me about that on Basketball Launcher. Why does it seem like I always like Batum? And maybe I shouldn't like him quite as much, but still, I mean, you look at him... As somebody who was in the 7,000 price range last year, basically every year we see him scoring around 30-plus fantasy points. And this year, still scoring 25 fantasy points. The minutes have generally been there, averaging 31 minutes per game. And even the last few games, 24, 26, 19, 22, like he's not that far off from a price tag in the 4,000s, and we've seen him have big games this year also. 
I just think there's a lot of security in Batum because I think he's better than what that price tag is, and I expect it to go up uh, later in the year. So, so that's why I end up liking Batum for a lot of slates, and I think that he's fine for this one as well. Uh, nobody else that I really love. Uh, yeah, I just think we're going to have better uh, value spots as more stuff opens up and some of the cheap guys on the Hornets who are kind of hit or miss. Uh, next game is the Boston Celtics at the New Orleans Pelicans. As I mentioned before, big news here is whether Anthony Davis plays or not. If Davis is out, that's also a pretty decent boost to the Celtics offense just because Anthony Davis is such a key part of the Pelicans defense. He's their best defensive player. Uh, he is, when he's off the floor, we see them give up. Uh, I think last I looked, it was something like their uh, defensive rating drops by like 12 points per 100 possessions or something like that. So there would be a pretty decent boost for the Boston offense if uh, Davis is not able to play. The Celtics guys, one guy that really stands out in the pricing here is Al Horford all the way down at 5,400. He missed a game, then came back last game against the Mavericks and didn't really put up a great performance, uh, 21 fantasy points in 31 minutes. But still, 5,400, way cheaper than what we're accustomed to seeing from Al Horford. So pricing value there, I think he makes sense. Uh, I'm a little concerned about Gordon Hayward right now. I've liked him uh, a little bit recently. However, uh, missed the game last time out due to the ankle soreness. Only played 22 minutes of the game before. That was partially due to a blowout. They beat the uh, Atlanta Hawks pretty handily. Uh, I'm not totally positive that they're going to give Gordon Hayward the full amount of minutes for him this game. Uh, At 5,500, it's cheap for what we would get from Hayward if he was playing like 30-plus minutes. So let's say Hayward is kind of like a low-percentage GPV play, like somebody you throw in like one or two out of 20 lineups because there is upside there. I, I'm just not really that sold that we're going to see a regular amount of minutes for him. Uh, Kyrie Irving has had a bunch of big games this year, and I've been on the wrong side of Kyrie Irving basically the entirety of the last couple of weeks like the couple of times that i've targeted him he's had shit games a couple of times that i faded him he's had like ridiculous games Uh, i think there's upside for him in this matchup but overall i'm still a little bit concerned with the way that the celtics tend to spread out the minutes in production i don't have an issue with kyrie irving at 8700 in a gpp he's definitely not going to be a priority play for me but i won't call him a fade here either uh, from the Pelican side of the game, we're just going to need more information on Anthony Davis. If he plays unrestricted, he's a fine GPP play at 11200 If he's out, then I think we could look to uh, Nikola Mirotic as a decent play. Uh, Julius Randle has seen a ton of production with Davis off the floor this year. Uh, Randle is averaging at something like, bring it up right now, at 26 points and over 10 rebounds per 36 minutes with Davis off the floor this year. So for that reason, I think we could look at Randall at 7,600 if Davis is out. But now with that said, tough matchup for him against the Celtics. So he's not somebody that I'd be like an all-in player or anything like that. But 7,600, I definitely think that you would want him in cash games that Davis can't play. Miritic, you want him in GPPs in cash games that Davis can't play. Those would be two guys that we could definitely fire up in that kind of situation. The other thing also, check Diallo at 3,300 if Davis is out. We saw 17 minutes from Diallo last game, so not really a huge amount of minutes. But still, he's somebody who's scoring 1.2 fantasy points per minute this year. So if we see Davis out, he only played 17 last game, but I do think there is potential for Diallo to get to like 20 to 25 minutes. And if we get 25 minutes from Diallo at 1.2 fantasy points per minute, then we're talking about something like a 
potential 30 fantasy point game from him at a min price. So he would be worth looking at as a punt. Uh, Next game on the slate is the San Antonio Spurs at the Chicago Bulls. Spurs have definitely struggled since a good start to the year. Uh, Good matchup for them, though, against the Bulls. Uh, I think LaMarcus Aldridge, 100, makes some sense. DeMar DeRozan, 8,600, he also makes some sense. Neither one of them would be guys that I would be super high on. Like, I'd rather just pay a little bit extra to get up to Carl Anthony Towns. But I think DeRozan and Aldridge would make for pretty safe cash game plays. From the Bulls' side of the game, uh, Zach Levine, kind of a pace-down spot for the Bulls, so I don't really love Levine at 7700 Wendell Carter Jr.'s price has gone all the way down to 5200 We saw him have a really hot stretch for a while where he was scoring like 30 to 35 or maybe even higher. Let's see. Look at his box score. Uh, yeah, he, he had a stretch where he was scoring uh, 31 to 45 fantasy points like every game for two weeks. And then he's just found himself into a whole lot of foul trouble recently. Uh, Last three games, five fouls, six fouls in only 13 minutes. He fouled out in 13 minutes against the Heat. And then a five-foul game against the Suns also. So production's been down in recent games, but that could be explained by the foul situation. Five, six, and five fouls. So that is basically averaging fouling out. Uh, At 5,200, I think there's a little bit too much risk to put Wendell Carter Jr. into a cash game because of that foul issue. Uh, recently, but for the upside of 5,200, I think he's worth putting in a GPP when we've seen him score 40-plus fantasy points in games this year. Uh, Next game, it is just going to be impossible to draw any conclusions on. We have the Indiana Pacers playing at the Utah Jazz. From the Pacers side of the game, Victor Oladipo, DeMontis Sabonis, Miles Turner, all of them are questionable. From the Jazz side of the game, we have uh, Donovan Mitchell is questionable to play. So I just don't have enough information here to really make a good judgment on who's in play, who's non-play, other than to say this is a spot that probably is going to have a lot of value if the injuries fall our way. Now, the other thing also that I've started to uh, change my approach on is I've I've started to say that we could target guys against the Utah Jazz. We're a quarter way through the season. The Jazz are 16th in the league in defensive efficiency. Uh, they're all kind of out of sorts on offense and on defense. I don't know what happened to them from last year to this year because it's not like they lost any kind of key players they should be just as good with the same coaching staff same key guys but for whatever reason it just isn't clicking for them right now so i'm fine with rostering guys going up against the utah jazz especially if we're going to get value with guys like old depot sabonis turner if one of them are out if all three of them are out there's going to be guys that we want to roster in that spot uh, final game on the slate the orlando magic playing in golden state against the warriors the Warriors are struggling to such an extent right now that the Magic are playing on the road for a tail for the tail end of a back-to-back in Golden State, and the Warriors are only favored by eight against a, a fairly shitty Magic team. So I, I just don't think there's as much blowout risk here as we typically see from Warriors games when they're at home. From the Magic side of the game, uh, there's nobody that I really love the pricing on. Uh, I think that Evan Fournier and DJ Augustine both have some value to the price tags at 53 and 3800. Uh, also guys who fall into that category of probably don't want a whole ton of them if we get superior value that opens up the injuries. Uh, but I think as of now they're both okay. From the Warriors side, Draymond Green questionable to play with a toe injury that's held him out for a few games recently. If he's out, I think that this is another really good spot for Kevin Durant, 10,900. 
Uh, we saw him have a really big game last time out. He's had a number of big games since Steph Curry and Draymond Green have both been hurt. Look at the last four games for Durant, 54, 54, 61, 74 fantasy points. He would be another guy who I think is a, a priority guy to pay up for if uh, Draymond Green doesn't end up playing. Uh, I think if we had the optimal situations for each of these guys, uh, so if we have Towns just as is, uh, James Harden with Chris Paul out, and Kevin Durant with Draymond Green out, in terms of exposure, I would go number one to James Harden, two Kevin Durant, and three Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, if we have Chris Paul playing, then I would go to uh, Durant at, Two with Towns at what well, if we have to, if we have okay I'm gonna reset here because that didn't make any sense if Chris Paul plays and if Draymond Green play then it's Carl Anthony Towns one Kevin Durant two and James Harden three for me although I wouldn't even have that much exposure to James Harden in general if Chris Paul doesn't play so that's kind of how I would prioritize the high-end guys. Uh, we're going to have a lot of injuries. Going to have to update all this. I'll definitely be on Basketball Monster. Uh, probably write an article early in the day, and then I'll probably have to make a million edits as the day goes on and we get more injury information. So you guys can follow me on Twitter at GAaronBergDFS. Uh, hope you guys have a good night, and I'll be back to record another podcast definitely on Wednesday. Let's see, what is Tuesday slate? Is there a decent amount of games on Tuesday? Uh, We've got five, so I'll probably do a podcast for the five games late on Tuesday also.